off the elevator. What up? Joe and Jesse. Jesse. What? You said a really good prayer. I did, didn't I? Before we started this. <laughs> you did. You're Thank s- you. You're silly. Yeah, you did. Jesse said a really good prayer, y'all, before we started. And I'm grateful that she did such a thing. Well, you're welcome. So, episode three. Here we go. You know, I got to, uh, we, we talked about it. We even recorded a little bit on it. Talked about it before. Mm-hmm. Uh, other addictions. Right. Because this podcast is about all addictions, right? Right. Addictions and faith. So right. it doesn't just include our addiction to alcohol. It includes, you know, other people's addictions to whatever. Yeah. Other people getting off the elevator. True that. Before it slams into the bottom. And, yeah. And Lord knows what happens then. Right. Want to get off before it hits the basement. Right. For sure. You know, I'd seen on TV, we had talked about this once before, I seen a woman that had an addiction to eating sheetrock. Yeah, that's serious. They have that show, that that My Strange Addiction. They have the intervention show. They have all those shows that display what different addictions are like. It's They're all incredibly awful to watch. Right. I, um, I got to see a lot of different addictions when I was policing. I can imagine. A lot of dual addictions. Yeah, that's something that I hear a lot, you know, and we, you and I talked about this before about, you know, being addicted to alcohol and, and that kind of being our only thing. And right. I say only thing, let, let me rephrase that. We have other addictions, right. but a, a, our only chemical addiction, um, you know, but it's not as common anymore. Right. Do to, you do you see many people that that have more than just alcohol? Yes. Mo- most of the people that I encounter in recovery um, who have an addiction to alcohol have a, a, other addictions to other right. substances. Right. Uh, so I try to think about my myself with my alcohol. Like right. Nicotine. I mean, that's... That's obvious. Yeah, me too. Uh, nicotine. I, even though now I drink about six cups of coffee a day, that could be six cups of decaf. Yeah, they they literally say like caffeine and chocolate, specifically chocolate, can be much more addictive than some other chemical substances. But right. I, I realized, and we talked about this before too, that once I stopped drinking, I had an insatiable sweet tooth. Oh, I know. I mean, we could rabbit hole on that, but that is serious, is it not? I mean, that like now being, you know, I'm almost a year sober and having put on 20-ish pounds, right, right. trying to figure out how to um, not cram cookies in my mouth every day. But it, it was something I, d- I don't recall ever having an issue with, probably because, you know, I drank vodka um, and that's pure sugar. But um, it, it is really serious. You ever thought about kicking the nicotine? Oh, yeah. I mean, I thought about it. Right. <laughs> I, I quit dipping snuff one time for two months. And just by habit, it was like a, a brain fart while I was in the store buying some beer. Mm-hmm. I grabbed me a can of snuff. And when I sat down in the truck, went to packing it, you know how I mm-hmm. flicked my finger to pack it. And I was like... I looked out there. I said, well, I'll just give it to somebody. And it was like a 12-year-old boy. And I was like, no, I can't do that. <laughs> so instead of throwing it away, I just said, well. Yeah, because it costs like $6 or yeah. something, you know. Back then, it was probably 3 bucks. Oh, wow. Because I was like 21, 22, mm-hmm. something like that. 
I quit smoking both with both of my children. Right. I didn't right. smoke the entire time I was pregnant. I didn't smoke. I mean, with Mason, Mason was almost a year old. Right. And uh, Dan got head loss from the from summer camp. Totally stressed me out. Right. Totally stressed me out. I went to the store, bought a pack of cigarettes. I hadn't smoked. I mean, well, I didn't smoke my whole pregnancy, and then for a whole other year, and I thought, and then when I picked it up, it was much worse. That go around because he's my youngest. I quit with both of them. That go around the addic- the addiction to nicotine was was much heavier. So you quit cold turkey with the with the babies. Pretty I, much. It, it yeah. was about. It took me about five cigarettes. Now, see, my wife quit cold turkey with the boys like right when she found out she was mm. pregnant and right when she walked out the door of that hospital <laughs> from having each one of them mm-hmm. it was like you got me a cigarette you got me a cigarette and it was right back to it mm-hmm. it uh yeah it I, has a different it has a different chemical effect but it's still the same chemical effect i don't right? want to say i'm not ready for the to do the nicotine but that's a Right. Uh, always, yeah. I'm always like one addiction at a time. Yeah. Wh- which one is going to kill me first? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, other addictions that I seen while policing was uh, I didn't see no strange ones that I would say. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like eating sheetrock, and, and I mean I'm not trying to say those people are strange. So don't get what I'm saying wrong. No, it's just peculiar. It's right. just not the ordinary. Right. Um. Of course, drugs, pills, meth, amphetamine. Mm-hmm. I didn't really, you know, I've seen people that used crack. And I don't want to put judgment on any of those people. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, let's be honest. A lot of times it's obvious when somebody's an addict. Well, um, it's, an, it's sometimes with addictions other than alcohol. Um, and even sometimes with alcohol, it's noticeable. But um, right. one, one of the things I see, I have a teenage son, is... Um, what he experiences is cutting, which is something that I didn't realize was a thing that people, you know, it goes like we talked about before. It goes back to being, a, you know, the addiction comes to doing something that changes the way you feel. Right, right. And apparently that's like really yeah. big thing now. Yeah, I, I, we dealt with a few a few uh, people that did that, and it was mostly younger people. Mm-hmm. Uh, teenagers and maybe early twenties, mm-hmm. but I did find that the that the individuals I dealt with in their early twenties it had been an ongoing thing. It wasn't like yeah, I'm in my early twenties now and this is something I do, like it had been something they had been doing for years. Wow, that the, with the substance abuse or just uh, no, I can't say that. Yeah, if yeah. it does, I don't remember. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Uh. But now I did. I did find that there was dual ones, um, you know, with drugs and alcohol. Of course, uh, something that I found found pretty interesting is that a lot. I seen a lot more young females, and I'm talking 17 to 24 to 26. Right, is what I consider a young female. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. 17 to 26, maybe 17 to 24. I mean, it, it, it's, at our age, there's lots of people younger than us. <laughs> so, so that was that they, they were more in the in the open, like in law enforcement. You dealt with them more with their addiction to pills, like not having, not meth. being, not being, and I don't want to use the word uh, uh, 
the word I had in my mind, I don't want to use because it's not the right word, but um, you mean being more blatantly open with it or not hiding it? No, Dylan, like, like those were the ones doing the shoplifting. And I'm not trying to put a stereotype, but that was the shoplifters. That was the credit card and debit card fraud. Right, more petty crimes. Yeah. With the with the, and um, the, and there's way more petty crimes than there are violent crimes. You see what I'm saying? So you're, I mean, you're talking about with the substance abuse. Right. Right. <laughs> so so that they were the ones to me in in my experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, I dealt with a lot more young females that had a pill addiction or methamphetamine that was doing those petty crimes. So so when I say out in the open, I meant they were more more apt to get in trouble quicker. Does that make sense? Yeah, do you think that's because they're um I, I, less tolerant my, of what my, people think or my, my personal opinion, I think these guys in these circles they get in, other their circle of friends. Mhm. Say, here's a pretty young girl. Nobody's going to suspect her to do this crime. Yeah. And maybe they're put up to it a few times. You know what I'm saying? And they get away with it a few times. Well, you know, it comes. And then they roll with it. That's my personal opinion. I think that, you know, probably it's just a downward spiral in my opinion. It's like, you know, when, when I think of addiction as far as my experience, right? And when I say my experience, my actual experience, like what what was I trying to accomplish when with my drinking? And I don't know that I thought about it at the time until I was sober. But, you know, you get to a point where you do things that you're not OK with. Right. right you know? So it right. starts out with maybe I'm not OK with doing this. And then it feels a little crappier. So you drink, you know, for me, it was I drink a little more and and then, you know, where wherever your line is, it just gets a little grayer and it goes a little further, you know, and I think right. that uh, I think maybe that's what happens. And it happens fast. And the right. next thing you know, you don't really give a crap. <laughs> right. You know, it's, I mean, you don't see it at the time, but I think that maybe that's that would be my opinion on why you saw more of it. Well, I, and, it, you know, if if somebody's committing that kind of crime, that kind of crime's more in the open anyway. Uh, because it it takes somebody being there to pass that fake or stolen credit card. It takes somebody being there to shoplift. When you get into your more the crimes the males would do, burglary. You know nobody's at at the house. Hmm. You know most burglaries happen in the middle of the day. Yeah, Pe- I can people see that. assume them to happen at night, mm-hmm. but they wait for everybody to go, go to, to work, work. Mm-hmm. and then so and the. Uh, that is interesting. I guess you, you know, I think just thinking about it as you were talking about it, I'm like, well, you're right. Probably less likely to, to think, but I guess they all have the same motive. Um, you know, money is at some point of that motive, whether right. they need the money for drugs right. or rent or food and, or and, whatever. And I'm not saying all people that have an addiction commit crime. Oh, so no, I, of I don't, I don't want the people to uh, get a I mean, get the I, wrong feel, I feel like I didn't, well. When I was younger, I probably committed a few crimes. Right. But <laughs> so I don't want the people to get the wrong idea of what I'm saying. I'm just saying from my experience sure. dealing with other addictions, this is how I dealt with them as a police officer. Yeah, that was your experience because, yeah, we talked about this. I don't, you know, it's funny that you say that because on my way over here tonight, I had a conversation with my sister and we were talking about the people we knew and, you know, our, our circle, um, you know, and her 
her saying the people that she has around her and and the number of people that everyone she knows does drugs. And I said, well, that's, you know, it's so funny because most of the people around me are sober, Um, you know, but understanding that everybody's experience with it is different because I didn't, Uh, I mean, I'm not saying I don't have friends that um, don't do drugs or have done drugs, nor, I mean, not saying that I haven't, um, but it does, it does change what you see. I don't, I don't, I haven't seen the things you've seen because I have not been a police officer. Right. For sure. And, and I could say that, uh, you know, with with those just about every time a uh, majority of the time it seemed that that most people that that I dealt with in that basis might might do one or two different things you see what i'm saying so yeah. so maybe it was just a totality of different things that made their addiction you see what i'm mm-hmm. saying like maybe pills and meth or maybe alcohol and meth mm-hmm. crack and alcohol you see what I'm saying? Well, you know, one of the things I I realize about myself is that I have an addictive personality. Right. So it's not to say that I, I wouldn't have have done that. I just didn't. You know, like at some point in my in my drunk life I had a standard. Right, right. <laughs> you know, to myself. It's like, you know, oh, I'm just a garden Friday drunk. I mean, you know, I just get drunk. I don't uh, I don't do drugs. I just get drunk to right. the point where I can't, you know, manage right. my life. Um but I you know, it it goes with anything else, which we talked about before, you know, whether it's you know anything that we can do in excess to change the way we feel. Right. So so when I when I had the ability to be on that three or seven project podcast Mm -hmm. it surprised me the people that come up to me after i gave my testimony uh of my alcoholism Mm -hmm. and a few other things that was telling me about addictions they had or have uh people that i'd known for years right that i had no idea about and which they had no idea about me which i which I sort of think, I think that was the icebreaker, right? That was, oh, well, here's Cornbread, this guy that I think so great and, you know, uh, has come out and said this, how hard that should have been, how, how hard was that for him? Mm-hmm. And uh, I can do it. So let me try it out on Cornbread. Right. Like it. Everything, sex addiction, drug addictions, stealing. Like, there's people that's addicted to stealing. Yeah. I have a friend who has a friend who's a, a habitual shoplifter. So, so, with that being said, what I'm saying is there is so many of us out there right. that that we don't even know about, right? That that you don't. But I, but I have found myself, and tell me this, I want you to articulate on this. <laughs> Since you've become sober, and I'm not saying we should do this, but something I do, <laughs> when I look at somebody, I think, I bet that joker's alcoholic. Oh, I do it all the time. I do it all the time. It, you know, having a little bit of knowledge about it, um, you know, working a program and, and understanding when you when you go into a room of people who suffer from the same issue that you have. It's like you are in a room full of people that you've known your whole life. 
Right. You know, so you, you pick up cues and you're like, so when I, when I encounter people in my life, I'm like, Oh, I bet that person's an alcoholic, <laughs> you know? Um, but we all have the same goal, right? We all, we're all trying to, as you like, as we talked about before, you know, we're looking for the solution, you know, and you know, there's no, you know, quote unquote cure right. for, for, you know, our addiction. However, one of the things that helps us deal with it and, and, and arrest it, and I'm going to use that word because it uses that in the literature that I read, um, you know, is understanding that there's a power greater than us that can restore us to sanity. That, right. that God is the only way right. to keep us sober. Absolutely. So, which raises my next question to you. Mm-hmm. You see that person that Jesse says, oh, I bet that joker's an alcoholic or whatever. Mm-hmm. I bet that joker eats sheetrock. Uh, what, what does Jesse do then? I don't think I do anything different. Like, like you, like, let's say you know this person isn't trying to work a program. Let's say this person, like me, didn't have a clue I was an alcoholic until I was fed up with myself, right? I feel like you had a friend as an example. Oh, what? <laughs> Duh. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, but I didn't either. I didn't know I had a problem until I had a problem. Right, right. Uh, so. You know, are you asking me if I see... If I see signs that I think, you know, and when you talk about people that I know, you know, and and you and I have had many conversations about, you know, testimony and telling our story and being an example. Um, And that's been a struggle for me. You know, I don't want to be there's twofold. A, I don't want to be too pushy when it comes to anyone else's sobriety because I don't want anybody to be too pushy about mine. It's kind of a personal gig. Right. And the same thing goes with my faith. Right. You know, it's, you know, growing up in a situation where, you know, I had some background in faith and I had some church and I had some of this, but you know, everybody goes through that period where they're not sure and they're searching. And if they don't, if they don't find the right answers or they don't encounter someone who gives them a little bit of truth, it can take them a lot longer to get there. Right. So having someone spouting out at them about something that seems very personal can be difficult. Um, but you and I also talk about just saying what it's like for us. Right. You know, and if, if I encounter someone in my life that appears to have some sort of problem, you know, it's not my place to tell them what they should or should not do because I got no idea. I don't, right. I don't know anything. Only thing I can say is this, this is what I did this is what i am doing and this is what i i I hope will happen right if i just do the next right thing or if i just show up you know to a meeting or if i just you know give myself in service right right that god will take care of the rest and let people know that they don't have to be alone and isolated and in shame no matter what it is whether it's alcohol or drugs or any of it, it's it's all about shame that keeps us in that silence. So, well, I mean, with with what you said, and the the way I look at it is being when and we've talked about this a few times the the living example of what being sober can do 
Like, because this tea totally cleared my mind, I feel. You know, and I mean, not all the time. I'm not trying to act like I'm Superman. Oh, yeah, for real. Because um, drinking drinking was not my problem. My thinking was my problem. Right, drinking right. was my solution to the crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but but you don't want to come off to somebody, too, as just super righteous. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, for real, no. What, what I've noticed is a lot of people with me are sort of, uh, they sort of think about when they talk about drinking that I'm standing right there. Yeah. I've noticed that. Yeah, it's, I have a lot of people ask me, um, do you mind if I drink this? And I'm like, yeah, no. And it's so funny because I watched this TikTok one time and this lady was like, same thing. Like people always ask us, do they mind if we drink? And it's like, they don't ask that about anything else. Right, you know, right. like, do you mind if I eat this mayonnaise? Cause I don't like mayonnaise. It's like, right. um, I get the sensitivity about it. Um, and in the first, I don't know, six months, it, it was, it was tough. Um, to be around it, and I had to make that conscious choice. But there is no, you know, for me, all I can talk about is for me. Um, there's definitely no self-righteousness. I have no answers. All I have is what I've experienced and what I have seen through other people. So let me ask you this. So when I was policing, one thing that I learned, and I was surprised was the system and and i may not have it totally correct so Mm -hmm. i don't want anybody to hold me to this but the system the way i understood it is in this county where i worked paulden county georgia there is no drug rehab facility none right so you always hear i'm going to rehab for alcohol drugs whatever it may be there was no facility so it was always, I'm waiting on a bed, mm-hmm. or I'm trying to go here. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to go here. And I th- I think myself, being that the resources wasn't really aren't really here, doesn't help the matter at all. Probably, uh, pro- I mean, you know, I don't know why that is. I have heard that, um, it, so much so where I've heard people literally going to other states right to have to have some sort of treatment plan um because it's not necessarily available here which which raises this question because i've talked to a couple of family members that were dealing with a drug addiction methamphetamine and that kicked it and had been clean for to the best of my knowledge years right uh that moved to other states and then come back later after they was clean for a certain amount of time. But they said the reason they'd done that wasn't to go to rehab. It was to get away from their circle of people. And they wasn't blaming it on their friends or the people they hung out with. No, but it's definitely hard. They they had to remove Mm their self from that environment. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? So my question for you is, being that you had an AA close to you and you had that option, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel the way you've explained it to me, that option was lickety-split. You had that option right then. Well, for us, it's a little different, okay? Um, Not us. Let let me preface the word us. For, For alcoholics, it's a little different. 
on that basis, right? So, so going to a meeting or, or working a program is not necessarily, it, it, and I'm not going to say not, is not the same as a rehab treatment. There are right, some, right. there are some people with alcoholism that want to stop that can't that need medical attention right you know but it's funny that you brought that up because the the night that i i decided after having a a very long talk with a very dear friend that i might have a problem um i literally called i didn't call because i don't call and if you anybody who knows me don't call me i'm not going to answer um, I messaged. You're, you're a messenger, a texter. <laughs> I am. Don't call me. But um, I, I sent this person um, a message that I knew from church. I had not spoken to her in almost a year. I did not know that she was an alcoholic. I just randomly chose to call her. No, again, I didn't call her. I messaged her and said, hey, I think that I have a problem. And it was just amazing how it worked. She was just like, okay, great. And she asked me if I was drinking. She wanted to know, I guess, what kind of state of mind I was in. Of course I was. And, you know, we talked for, you know, chatted for an hour. And she said, well, let me take you to a meeting. And I, and I went to a meeting the next day. Um, you know, the fact that I, you know, that was God. All That was all God. I had no idea she was an alcoholic. She, I had no, I had no idea of any of that. I just randomly said, "I want to call this person." Right. Um, but you're right. I had, I had a a clubhouse that was relatively close to my house, and surprisingly, if you Google it, there are there are places meetings relatively close in every county and they do them on the computer too right and they zoom, do zoom meetings zoom. which you know is a weird thing for me because right. i work from home and i'm on zoom meetings all but, the time it's but, not the same but now we're no experts by any means Mm-mm. just my experience so, so from from my knowledge in this county and i'm not saying it's nowhere what about the county you live in? is is there a some a type of resource for that for drug addiction I don't know. You see what I'm saying? I don't. I mean, I don't know because I don't. I haven't experienced I, that. I, I think a lot of people think that. I think ri- it's like Ridgeview, which what? is which is Cobb. Is that or is that Cobb right. or wherever Ridgeview is? Um, or you know, I, I just well, don't. know. People do that for alcohol too. Oh, for sure. But yeah, I mean, it's I'm just saying? for having that medical right. you know, that medical aspect to the withdrawals when you stop. Right. Right. So that that's that's what I'm saying. I'm what I'm saying is is these people here believe, and I'm not saying it's not so. I always got confused on it, and we uh, officers would always talk with various the meth alliance and uh, different people, drug counselors that would come in through court and talk to them about it to try to get a better understanding. But I think that is the consensus that you have to go. Like if you're addicted to drugs, that you have to go to a rehab facility. Is I mean, it, I think that's probably that in even some true? of those cases. I, I mean, I, that's what I'm saying. I, I, I all I can say is what I what I think because I I'm not I don't know, but I would think that it depending on the severity of the abuse and how far along you know how progressive it was right. that yeah you may need an, right. an a treatment facility right. as opposed you know because there's physical and even even for me um. I didn't experience a, um, a lot of physical withdrawals. I was, despite the amount that I drank for, for the time that I did, um, 
but it was just, it, 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 I was fortunate. You know, I, I have encountered people who, who drank less than me and um, suffer from withdrawals and DTs if they don't. Um, for me, it was, you know, it was a little bit of the shakes. It was uh, the inability to eat for about five days, a lot, you know, barely could eat for five days. Um, there, there were some minor physical withdrawals, but the progression, I think, changes that too. Right, right. You know. Well, that it, that's just something I wondered, you know, in talking about other addictions. And that's, I feel like you should be writing that down in your logo for, wow. a, for a topic on one of our podcasts is getting somebody, an expert on here to talk about the uh the reasons that people think and it may be true i don't know Mm -hmm. that if you are addicted to drugs you have to go to rehab because i'm pretty sure that's the consensus you see what i'm saying i'm pretty you mean the the court i mean from your experience like the the law enforcement side i mean because i think if you get arrested right like some of the things let's let's talk you know dui you know prime example um you have to have drug and alcohol assessment you have to have dui class right um you know at some point it could progressively gets worse right, right? right if you get if you get more i mean and that maybe dui is a bad example in that deal but at some point you start being court ordered right now they do have drug court here in Paulding county georgia but that is after the fact you've done got locked up and prison is your next step so it's Go through this drug court to keep your tail from going to prison. But I'm that's not, not rehab. I mean, does that include? Is that include any treatment? I do know they go to meetings, uh, like with other drug court. Um, right, they're court, they're court ordered mm-hmm. participants, mm-hmm. and I, I I don't know their criteria. I don't know the counselors' credentials and stuff like that. But that is that is okay. You either do this, or you're going to jail. You know. Now I'm not saying that's yeah. a bad thing, but if it if it's a thing where somebody can't get a room, can't get a bed, and uh, you know, and we both know you got to want to anyhow. It's just you know yeah. What? So I mean, everybody's bottom. That's what the whole thing's about. Everybody's bottom's different, right? But so how we don't want people to get. I mean, I don't. Yeah, we don't want somebody's yeah. option to be go to prison yeah right so i think in your loggle you should write down my loggle yeah in case y'all wonder what a loggle is it's a combination of a journal and a log right right i I don't he i don't know it's weird so where's your loggle i thought we had a quote-unquote podcast loggle we do it's in there uh by my chair very useful in there and uh, as i'm sitting there (laughs) writing ideas down you know what i mean so yeah but i feel i feel like we talked a whole lot about me and not enough about you well i i am the host mm, are you yeah i feel like okay i'll give you what, that what, what do you i mean what do you want to know I, well, well your experience as far as what your thoughts are i mean we talked about my um thoughts on rehab treatments and and withdrawals and what we i mean what what was your experience like well i mean i mean because we drank different i mean we drank the same but we weren't the same we didn't drink the same things and and i don't know if that has any difference i mean i I, you know i have friends who who drank wine and it was a total different 
you know, detox and withdrawal from that. And, and the treatment, you know, the need for treatment is different. So just well, for, for me, uh, <clears throat> when I found out you was sober, that gave me somebody to talk to about about it. Now, mm-hmm. I talked to the guys at work because I spend the majority of my awake time at work. Uh, and I and I learned that given given that testimony of what led me to make the decision, right to become sober, right, really helped. Talking about that, t- telling that story, talking to you, and the AA information that you are relentless about giving really helped me. I mean, I'm a little bit of an overachiever, so, so a lot of times. I felt like, uh, well, felt and feel like I am doing AA, right? You get what I'm saying? Sure. Because you, you give me so much information, and I'm grateful for that. Uh, but I'm really just a parrot. I just, like, repeat things I hear. Uh, oh, a parrot? <laughs> a parrot. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a 12-step parrot. Right. <laughs> so that helped me uh, immensely. And... Being in the Word, right? True that. Being in the Word, uh, which is what my faith is what brought me there. Now, and then, you know, not to sound crazy, I'm still working on that, right? Because as my mind becomes clearer and I'm dealing with other things mm-hmm. in my mind, uh, and, and it goes back to the beginning, man. Like you said, what was my experience at the beginning, man? My mind was 900 miles an hour, just tornadoing constantly. Right. Constantly. Not about things I had done. Yeah. About things I should be doing. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? For sure. And I did. Uh, there's some intentionalness in removing myself from some environments. Yeah. Like I didn't go to the barn every evening. Like I used to, or the mm-hmm. or the majority of my evenings, and kick back and drink beer. I remove myself from that environment. Um, so it because I did that, I think I got used to just sitting so much, and that's what I'm dealing with now. Is my motivation? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, but I'm getting there. Well, I'm you know, it, it goes back when you talk. We talk a little bit. Um, about our faith and how that plays a part in it. And, you know, I think, I think, and I'm like, you know, and we had, I think our last podcast, we talked about, you know, praying or reading the Bible or we were drinking and doing things when we were drunk and, and having a, having a clear mind now and saying, okay, um, our minds were, are, they do run wide open. And, um, a lot of the times that I drank to quiet that. Right. You know, um, to calm it down. And then it came, you know, I drank for anything. You know, it's right. It's five o'clock, it's time to drink, you know. But but it all became a matter of, of shifting my thinking one way or the other. And, and being intentional now with, okay, what is my focus going to be? And quieting the noise um, allows me a little bit. I'm still working on it. Right. I'm still working on it, but allows me, you know, as you say, to to hear the whisper that God has for me. Right. Um, And that is something I didn't know that I could do before. Right. 
Um, I didn't know how to be quiet and be in, you know, I say in the spirit, but it's like, you know, we go to church and, and I get jazzed and I'm, I'm feeling it and I'm all about it. But it's different than, than taking the time to be alone um, and say, okay, God, I don't, I don't want to be like this. Right, right. You know, help me not be this way um, and shift my thinking. Um, and I, I do believe that's a that's the one of the, one of the words you like so much is, uh, you know, repentance, if you right, will, for right. the for the shifting our thinking from the way that we thought and the things that we wanted to do, to being a better person, a right. sober person. Right. Well, I, th- I think I think the the gist of it is we had the ability to get a start. Right, through our faith. Sure. And through some outlets. Uh, you yeah. had AA. Grace of God. And it just, you know, I mean. Right. And I think so many people either don't know, right? Mm-hmm. Especially on the drug addiction side. AA is. Well, there's, there, I mean, they're NA meetings. I mean, they're, they're, you know, they're CA meetings. Um, you know, it's really. And again, it's about the progression. I'm not familiar in any way, shape, or form with drug addiction um, personally. But, you know, letting people know that they're not alone and that they, you know. And I didn't, I didn't, and again, by the grace of God, I did not have anyone that I knew. I mean, obviously, I grew up in in an alcoholic um, environment. My father was an alcoholic. But I didn't personally, you know, if you will, know people who had experience with recovery right um and then god just gave me someone out of the blue right um but i think that that's you know that does happen a lot but i think it's also beneficial for us to be out here and say hey we don't have the answers but you know we'll we'll help you yeah and that that's what that's what we want to do with this podcast is serve True that. So I think it's detrimental that we find the answer to some of the questions we asked yeah. this evening because I I truly feel uh, from my experience and a lot of the people I talk to that that is the go-to thing. And I'm not saying that in the way it should be. Sure. Right? But when you have countless people tell you as you're dealing with them, talking to them, that I'm waiting on a bed. Yeah, it feels I'm like waiting. a dead end. I'm waiting on a bed. I'm waiting, and then two weeks later, you talk to them. I'm waiting on a bed. The next time you arrest them, I thought you was going here. Mm-hmm. I couldn't get to bed. I didn't have the money. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, and, it's tough. Uh, but I think, and and that may be the way it is. Yeah, it, that may be the way it's been explained to them because that's the way it is, or that may be the way they misunderstood it. And that may be God's plan, right? I mean, sometimes I have to look at that too. I mean, people, people. I mean, I wouldn't have stopped. I mean, but I didn't even know I had a problem. So it's like if someone looked at me and been like, "Oh, Jesse, you, you know, you drink too much," or you know, but I, and and I was fortunate enough to not um, not have a DUI, not get arrested. Um, and and it could be a cultural thing too. Like in the in the groups, you know. The sure, I'm sure that friends. plays a part in it. Yeah. yeah, like oh, you want to get clean, then you need to go to rehab. Yeah, or you need to go to this facility. You know what I'm saying? Or yeah. you need to do this. You need to do that. Mm-hmm. Hearing it from other addicts. Sure. And it may very well be true, and it may not be true. Right. You see what I'm saying? For so sure. 
I think uh, we're going to have to research that, do some figuring on it. I mean, you totally have to do the Googling. I'm an awful Googler. Well, we can do more than Google. I mean, I know. I mean, we can have guests. Are you trying to look at encyclopedias? No. I mean, what? <laughs> when, <laughs> what is the, when is the last time you've seen an encyclopedia? I mean, I don't know, but you were like more than Google, and I'm thinking... What is there? I mean, like you like you go into the library. Some, some. What is that call, projector screen? That, I don't know what it's called. You know the little tapes. Anyway, never mind. The, the Dewey <laughs> Decimal System. What? <laughs> microfish. That's a, uh, that's it. Microfish. What are you trying you, to microfish? I don't you, know. You could quit texting and pick up the phone and call somebody. Yeah, no, I ain't got no time for that. With some knowledge and be like, hey, I was wondering this. Maybe you would like to be on the podcast. And they might say, well, I feel like you think my circle's more influential than it really is. <laughs> hey, it's time to lead. Oh, so, yeah, stuff. that's. uh. Yeah, we should definitely look into that and uh, yeah, try right. to, you know, try to get some answers. I mean, right. as far as a meeting, anybody needs a meeting, needs a ride. You well, know, just the, haul at me. I'll pick you up. These questions arise because when we, like I told you. People have come to me and said, oh, you said this. I heard your story. Well, let, let me tell you about this pill addiction I've got. Right. And and as my jaw drops, I don't. Uh, there's nothing greater in this world, period, than God and Jesus. He for sure is all of it. Right. But I would have loved to had something to say with my God and Jesus that, hey, you should go talk to these people. Yeah. Or, hey, you should look at this website. Or, You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, Having God, more knowledge to, to help, for sure. Jesus is way more than enough, in my opinion. But you know how it is when your mind is messed up. Yeah, and Jesus gives us those things. Right. You know, he he gives us doctors and counselors and treatment centers. And, Absolutely. And, and testimonies to help us. Those are right. all those are all works through so, him. So if we got something tangible, tangible that people can reach out and grab, you can show them, "Hey, here's this or here's a number or Right. That's that's just another blessing, another tool. Truth. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What do you think? Great idea. Well, I think this is uh, this has been a great podcast. Yeah, we talked about some good stuff. We did. That uh, what about that gift I gave you? I mean, I feel like you should have been talking about that gift. I do. I feel I should tell everybody about this True North Living and Leading on Purpose book that Joseph gave me. Um, I'm pretty excited about it. Well, I've got the same book, and I don't read as fast as you. That is true. And I am reading another book right now. Are you? I am. And if you tell me you're reading the 10th Legion again for the third time, I'm going to tell you to pick up another book. Speaking of the 10th Legion, I do have another addiction, and it is shooting gobblers in the face. Really? Do you really shoot them in the face? That's that's exactly where you shoot them. (laughs) I feel like that's part of your other podcast. (laughs) When you were turkey hunting, you shoot them in the face. Okay. Anyhow, I've got the same book. Yeah. I'm reading another book right now. We're going to have to tell people about this book. Now, Jesse reads two and three books at a time. I don't all the time. But you but you do. I do. And I do. You have. I do like to read books on recovery and faith. And this is um, a little bit about leadership with faith mixed in. So kind of a right. quasi 
Christian self-help? Was was I right in thinking that maybe Jesse might be ready for this kind of book? Jesse's always ready to read a book. I mean, for the leadership, was I right? I mean, I was born a leader. What you talking about? There you go. So, yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. So, give me time to finish my other book. Oh, wow. So, Christmas. And, <laughs> and then we can read it together. Oh, I have to wait? My other book's not that long. I'm reading it for my other podcast. Oh, so I've Tenth Legion. Get, no, I've done read the Tenth Legion. <laughs> so, I'm going to read the other book. I should be done with it roughly in a week. And then... We can read that together. Yeah. And, and then we'll tell you guys about it. Right. Donald Paul Wilder wrote right. True North Living and Leading on Purpose. So I don't know how good it's going to be, but uh, I'm pretty excited about it. Right. So I think this has been a great podcast talking about other addictions and our perception of other addictions, right? Yeah, because it is only perception because we, right. got, we got nothing. Yeah, we I mean, we experts. got, you know, we got some thoughts, but... All right, so we're going to start doing these coffee uh, ratings. Is it reviews or ratings? Um, I feel like it's ratings. Ratings? What do you think about this Kona blend coffee that I got while right, I was in right, Destin, so Florida? What is the name brand of it? So it was, um, I got it at one of, those, one of those health food places that's not a Whole Foods. It was called The Fresh Market. That, that was literally what it's called. You got it in Florida. I got it in Destin. And it says Kona Blend, aromatic, sweet, and bright. Kind of like me. So. I mean, you didn't even laugh at that. I feel like that was on point. Ha. <laughs> uh, so, but it's a mild blend. Um, I feel like after drinking it that it's a, it's a breakfast coffee. I agree. And I know people who may not know about coffee. Well, because like, I, I drink coffee all day, but sometimes breakfast, when I say breakfast coffee, it's a, I don't know, it's. It's okay. Yeah. So what do you give it since you gave my Dunkin' Donuts? Right. So so let's go ahead and, and say that because we this this podcast we originally did, like I said, we did some recording on it before. And we did a Dunkin' Donuts. Was it decaf? It was a decaf. Original right. roast. Medium roast. It was medium roast. Which is their original, I think. Okay. All right. So Dunkin' Donuts, medium roast. You decaf. Get, decaf you gave it a well i initially gave it we had this whole conversation i gave it a 10 and you said 10 i said it's my coffee and i have nothing else to rate it to right and then you were like what so then i came down to an eight because you felt some kind of way about my giving it a 10 and then you turned around and gave it a five i gave it a five so the dunkin donuts and we settled at 6.5 which i felt well that's if you if you gave it an eight and i gave it a five that's in the middle 6.5 Fine, whatever. So the Dunkin' Donuts medium roast decaf off the elevator rating is 6.5. This Kona blend from... The Fresh Market. The Fresh Market. In Destin, Florida. In Destin. I'm going to suggest that you only drink this if you drink it in the morning. Yeah. We're doing this podcast right now, y'all, and it is 8.30. P.M. It is not an evening coffee. No. But I will tell you this. I was okay with getting a second cup. Yeah, it's not terrible. Because it took you so long to get started on the podcast. So so it, let's be clear. If you rate this coffee more than you rated my Dunkin' Donuts, we have a serious problem. 
So you are designated the first rater of every <laughs> coffee. What do you rate this coffee? Uh, I give it a five. A five? I don't hate it, but yeah, I'm. But I can't drink it all day. It's not an all day coffee. No, I'm going to give it a five. So it's a five. It's so a five. So, I we did the coffee rating. We had a good podcast. We did. May God bless each and every one of y'all. Amen. We got an email. Give them the email. What's wrong with you? Email. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Yeah. Off the elevator at gmail.com. All right. spelled out. Don't yeah. ask me to spell it because I can't spell. If y'all want to hear something, you got a question, say, yo, y'all ain't doing a good job. Yo, y'all doing a good job. <laughs> Whatever you want to say, email us. That's right. Off the elevator at gmail.com. Yeah. We want to hear from y'all. Well, I'm, I'm done. Yeah, I'm too. All right. Holler, y'all. Holla.